Bleak Expectations by Mark Evans. Chapter the First, A Childhood Cruelly Kippered. Blast this so-called journalist, he's late. But, Papa, he is not due for a further three minutes. <laughs> Mr. Sarquill of the Times, sir. Blast this so-called journalist, he's early. It is, it is an honour to be here, sir, Philip. Um, now, if I could just set up my equipment. Equipment? What can a journalist need other than a pad of paper, a pen and no solar integrity of any kind? <laughs> Papa, please. Perhaps I should return another time. No, like having a tooth pulled or making love to a woman, it is best done quickly or not at all. <laughs> Set up what you need. What you are? Meanwhile, I shall fortify myself. Serve well. A whiskey, if you please. Might I remind, sir, that it is only half past nine in the morning? Uh, quite right. Better make it a brandy. Of course. <laughs> and use the large glass. Yes, sir. Your drink, sir. Uh, thank you, sir. Well, I take it the large glass is being washed. No, it's my fault, Father. I gave it away to a poor beggar family as a new home. Ah. That would explain this newspaper headline. Family burnt to crisp as giant brandy glass house acts as deadly lens for some. <laughs> I'm ready now, sir. What exactly does this contraption of yours do? It is the very latest in recording devices. The sound enters here and is etched onto this wax cylinder so that the conversation may be replayed later. It's called an eye wax. <laughs> I must warn you that the device cannot store much at any one time. I may stop you occasionally to change cylinders. To change cylinders? Or go prying and snuffling round my home like a rat? To change cylinders. I see. So, if we are ready, you may begin. Uh, there's been much speculation recently as to my origins. Well, now I can... Stop. Cylinder change. <laughs> Continue. Uh, right. Uh, well, where was I? Oh, yes. <clears throat> There has been much speculation recently as to my... Stop! <laughs> Continue. I, I completely lost my thread. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh yes. Now, no, wait a minute. Uh, there has been much... Stop! <laughs> Continue. This is intolerable. Enough of your infernal contraption. It's going out of the window. Now, if you want to record my story, you can do it in pen and ink. Understand? Of course, sir. Pray continue. Well, then. <clears throat> there has been much speculation... Stop! What now? Out of ink. <laughs> you accursed wretch. I'll use a pencil. Do go on. Ugh, sir. <clears throat> 
There has been much speculation recently as to my origins. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, well, today I hope to set the rumour mill at rest. Stop it grinding the flour of gossip which makes the bread of scandal and from that the sandwich of despair. <laughs> you're getting this? Oh, of course. My pencil hasn't broken, if that's what you're thinking. I see. And so... I must reveal that my life is other than I have told it until now. Parts are to be found in my writings. A story of two towns, miserable mansion, the old shop of stuff, <laughs> Graham Grambleby. All my books contain clues apart from lustful killer bees from Mars, <laughs> which I'll grant you is almost entirely <coughs> fictional. And so, to begin at the beginning. I was born in 1806, the first child of Thomas and Agnes Bin, conceived the year before in celebration of the victory at Trafalgar. Well, my dear Agnes, the servants are abed, the British Navy rules the waves, and England expects every man to do his duty this day. And what might your duty be, Thomas? I propose to give you a swift broadside amidships. <laughs> do you mean sexual congress? Oh, if we must. Oh, uh, ow! Do I hurt you, my dear? Your three-cornered hat is poking me in the eye. I am told my birth was easy. Splendidly played, my love. Incidentally, you seem to have dropped something. My father's family name being Bin, and my Christian name Philip, my infant tongue could make of both names nothing longer or more explicit than Flip-Top Bin. <laughs> which soon became shortened to Ip, and then stretched again to Pip. In rapid succession, I was joined by two sisters, Pippa and Poppy. And now we have the three children we desire. Perhaps we might cease the intercourse? Of course, my dear. I shall take up cold showers and botany. We lived in a large house, and its rooms and corridors brimmed over with laughter and happiness. <laughs> that was marvellous, but enough of this room. Now let us laugh and be happy in a corridor. Here we are. <laughs> the only cloud on my sunlit horizon was the absence of my father, who spent long periods away on business in the recently discovered North Indies. But whenever he returned, his cases full of gifts, our joy was unrestrained. Children, great news! Your father is home and he's waiting for you in the front room. Hurrah! Hurrah! Papa! Ah, oh, children, how good it is to see you. Pip, Papa, Pippa. Papa. Poppy. Papa. Ah, oh, Pip and Poppy. Papa. Papa. Poppy and Pippa. Papa. Pip and Pippa. Papa. My Pip, Pippa and Poppy. Papa. Papa. Presents. I bring presents for my Pip, Pippa and Poppy. Oh, oh Papa. Papa. Poppy, a puppy. A puppy, Papa. A puppy, Poppy. For Pippa, pipe. A pipe, Papa. A pipe, Pip. <laughs> and for Pippa, an anvil. We never lacked for anything. While other families struggled for the most basic amenities, we bathed in jam. Bob Pip! Strawberry, my favourite. 
We slept in goose down beds so luxurious the down was still attached to the geese. Well, I'm all toasty warm. It's all right for you. My mattress is just migrated south for winter. When my father was home, we received many distinguished visitors. There were my father's two business partners, Mr. Parsimonious... Bah, humbug. ..who was, ironically, incredibly generous. For you, young Pip, and toffees for Poppy and Pippa. Money. Who wants some money? Have a sixpence, Pip. Now, dash it, have a gi- five guineas. And gin. All must have gin. Now, who wants this miniature horse? <laughs> And Mr. Gently Benevolent. Ah, young Pip. Who was ironically a complete bastard. (laughs) Get out of my way or find yourself horsewhipped. Yes, Mr. Benevolent. There was also my father's lawyer, a man so distinguished that his name took fully 20 minutes to say. Why, Mr. Wickenpuss, Forbidden, Fenu, Greek, Chesapeake, Twizzleton, Montmorency, Aurelius, Park, Warden, Chesapeake. Beastworthy Fennel Jones, how nice it is to see you. The pleasure is all mine, Mrs. Bin. And how are you, young Pip? I am well, thank you, Mr. Wickham, Post Forbidden, Fenu Greek, Chasby, Twistleton, Momorency, Aurelius, Park, Gordon, Jesse. As a lawyer, he charged by the hour. <laughs> so his name was his greatest asset. <laughs> but my father could afford it. He was rich, we were happy, and it seemed it would continue forever. How. Wrong, I was. That anvil father gave you has proved most useful. Yes, I do so enjoy my metal work. I see you have made a tiny horseshoe. No, I have made a regular-sized dog shoe for Poppy's puppy. (laughs) Thanks to you and your anvil, one day all the creatures of the world will be properly shod. That is my intention. Pip, could you fetch me that pile of horseshoes? Of course, dear Pippa. Where should I put them? Oh, just find a space somewhere. I know... If I can just squeeze under this ladder. Oh, damn that black cat. He's going to make me trip. Ah! My Mira! What have you done, Pip? Now all our luck will run out. Don't talk nonsense. Children, terrible news. Your father is dead. Ah. <laughs> and so the perfectly knitted sweater of my childhood started to unravel. <laughs> A few weeks later, we learned exactly what had happened. From Mr. Benevolent. Yes, well, it was all his own fault, really. Bloody idiot, your father. And now he's dead. No loss, really. It is to us, Mr. Benevolent. Cowards, eh? (laughs) Please, tell us what happened. Very well. Your father had created a hotel in the Indies made entirely of monkeys. Monkeys? Yes, monkeys. He trained them to stand on each other's shoulders and heads and bind themselves together to form a rigid but flexible framework. It was a triumph, this monkey hotel, and then someone opened up a factory right next to it. So? So it was a peanut and banana factory. (laughs) The monkeys went berserk. Your father was torn limb from limb in their frenzy. But who could have done such a stupid and evil thing? No idea. Peanut and banana treat, anyone? (laughs) The rooms and corridors, once so full of laughter and happiness, now echoed only to the sounds of misery and woe. (laughs) (laughs) Enough of this room. Now let us be miserable and woeful in a corridor. Here we are. (laughs) While I and Pippa and Poppy grieved, my mother sank into a melancholy that grew worse each day. Mama, are you all right? Quite all right, thank you, Pip. Now run along. But, Mama, you have been sat in this cupboard for three days now. (laughs) 
That is because this is the linen cupboard and I'm a piece of linen. No, you're not. You're my mother. Fire upon you. I'm not your mother, for I'm a prettily patterned tablecloth and my children are all naughty little napkins. <laughs> now leave me. I'm waiting for my husband to return and he's a terribly dashing double pleated curtain. But, Mama, father is dead. Yes, I might have quite a wait. <laughs> A few weeks later, Mr. Parsimonious, Mr. Benevolent, and Mr. Wickham Percival, uh, my father's lawyer, uh, paid us a visit. Your mother is to be committed to an asylum. No, help me! I haven't been properly ironed! Mother! Oh, don't be so nauseatingly sentimental. Mr. Parsimonious, will you not stop this? I'm afraid I cannot, Pippa. It is a matter of law, not conscience. What do you mean? If I may clarify, the estatelment of the deceased deadly person... <laughs> Including, but not excluding or outcluding, all chattels, listingtons, possessionaries, and what we lawyers call stuff, <laughs> has devolved to the bequestified nominally nominal nominee, nomi nomi nom nom. Let me explain. Your father's will makes me your guardian. I control you, your sisters, and all your father's money. Surely as his heir, it is mine. Not until you're 18, young Pip. How can this be so? Mr Wickham post forward in fed... Please, given the circumstances, we can dispense with formality. <laughs> you may call me Sir. I shall, however, bill you for the entire name. But what does this mean for us? Pip is to go to boarding school, and you girls will live with me until you're old enough to be married off or sold to a high-class bordello. <laughs> never! I will never leave our home! Do not defy me, young puppy. Never! It's never! Let her run. It changes nothing. I shall talk with her. <laughs> I, too, must take my leave. But before I go, your father was a dear friend to me, young Pip, and I should like you to have this in his memory. What is it? My invoice. Good day. <laughs> and so I left my home and family and was sent to Britain's most feared school, St. Bastards. <laughs> Above the door was the school motto, Orando, flog Orando. By praying, by beating. Fear gripped me. A fear that was suddenly eased by a familiar voice. Young Pip. Mr. Parsimonious. The months ahead will be full of darkness for you, and anguish, and probably some actual physical pain. <laughs> and so I have come to say, good luck with all that. <laughs> and before I go, have these jelly babies and this ham. Oh, and this jewel box will probably come in handy. Oh, and you simply must have these piglets. <laughs> and now I must go, but not before giving you this encyclopedia and this haunch of venison. Laden with gifts, I entered the school, where I was taken to see the headmaster, Mr. Hardthrasher. <laughs> Enter. Ah, you must be young Pippin. And you bring me gifts. Jerry babies, ham, a jewelled box, some piglets, an encyclopedia and some venison. How kind. But, sir... Did I say speak? Did I tell you directly to speak? No, sir. You do it again! <laughs> did I say speak? Did I? Eh? Did I? I ask you a direct question. <laughs> and you dare not answer me, boy. Answer me clearly and simply. Did I tell you to speak? 
No, sir. Again you do it! <laughs> Again you speak! But you told me to. Cheek and impudence, the like of which I have ne'er heard. You are to be beaten now, boy. Do you hear me? Now, bend over. Yes, sir. In the name of the Lord, I do this for your benefit, my boy. Now, where is my cane? Wrong one. Ah, here we are. <laughs> and if I hear one bleat out of you, you shall be hanged. As he beat me, I thought of many things. Of my mother and father, of my sisters, of the life I had left behind. But mostly of how there was an angry man hitting me on the bottom with a large stick. There. It is done. <laughs> oh, dear, you fell for that, didn't you, young man? Sorry, sorry, it's a bit of a joke. I like to play on every new boy. Let's them know I'm not the type of ogre most headmasters are expected to be. What do you think? No, no, really, 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 did I fool you? I... You dare speak to me! <laughs> did I say you might open your mouth? Did I? Did I? Actually, I did. I remember now. So, so... <laughs> Welcome to St. Bastards. We have only one rule here, and that is obey every rule. And there are over 8,000 of those. <laughs> right, that's it. You can go to your dormitory as soon as I've administered your welcoming beating. Stand up and bend over. <laughs> the school day started at 5 o'clock with the ritual waking with sharpened sticks. Ow! Ow! That hurts! Ow! Stop it! Followed by the morning ablutions, where we bathed in ice water and used hedgehogs for sponges. Ow! Ow! Well, that hurts as well! Ow! You boy, sponge off your groin. <laughs> Classes were rigorously streamed, by which I do not mean that selection was according to ability, but that they took place in the stream. So, Virgil, Aeneid, Book Two, Jenkins, translate. Yes, sir. A shout ran across the walls of Troy and... <laughs> Just because the river is in spate does not give you the excuse to skip lessons. <laughs> Report to me later for a beating. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sport consisted of the school's own version of rugby football. The horrifically violent bastard ball. <laughs> the rules were simple. There were two teams of as many as you liked fighting over a ball. And the ball was the youngest boy in the school. I don't want to be the ball. I want my mother. If your mother loved you, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> now lie down and get ready for kickoff. Each team was divided into five groups. The kickers who kicked the ball, the hitters who hit the ball, the punchers who punched the ball, and the pitchforkers and shooters who tried to kill as many of the opposition as possible. Either that or pitchforked and shot the ball. The object of the game was to get the ball to the end of the pitch and shove its head in a bucket of dung. For doing which you scored a bastard. If you complained or were caught breaking one of the 8,000 school rules, you were severely punished. Choose before, Stike. Did I just see you running in the corridor? No, sir. Why not? 
Running in the corridor is compulsory between 4.47 and 4.52. I sentence you to the salt mines. Oh, no! In the salt mines, boys went mad with thirst. They were often found horribly injured after trying to drink their own heads. I, myself, was lucky. I was never sent to the salt mines. I was only sent to the neighbouring pepper mines. Some boys couldn't take it. One night, we heard Araby crying. He cried all night, and in the morning was found in his bed, completely desiccated. He had, he had cried every bit of moisture out of his body. When we touched him, he crumbled to dust and blew away on the breeze. And there wasn't a boy there who didn't envy him. After a month, I too was close to the edge, when hope presented itself in the guise of a fellow pupil. Hey, Newbug, are you awake? Yes. Who are you? The name's Biscuit, Harry Biscuit. What's your name? Pip. Pip Bin. Pip Bin, eh? Pip Bin. Pip Bin. Then I shall call you Pip Bin. <laughs> what brings you to St Bastards, Pip Bin? After my father died, my mother went insane, and my guardian sent me here. A familiar story. Exactly the same happened to me, and to Scroggins, Beeselham, Frobisher, and Dribblington Minor. In fact, to every boy here. I don't suppose you're set to inherit a lot of money when you come of age. As a matter of fact, yes. Me too. You're not. Yep. Harry Biscuit of the Warwickshire Biscuits. Then your father invented the biscuit. <laughs> that he did. Seems like this is a school for rich boys with no dad, a mad mum, and a lot of money in trust. You mean... Let me ask you one thing, Pip. How long do you think you'll be here? Well, until I'm 18, I suppose. Wrong! You see, Pip Bin, no one has ever left this school alive. No one. Apart from one boy, and he was dead. <laughs> you get to 18 and wallop. That's your lot. Lying there in the darkness, I thought back over the past weeks and realised that Harry Biscuit was right. Today is Pistleton's birthday, and so the staff have clapped together and bought him a present. And it's a rather apt one. Pistleton, as you have become a man, we have got you a man trap. <laughs> Come here and try it out. <laughs> ah! <laughs> what a horrible accident. <laughs> now, Beasley, it's your 18th birthday tomorrow. Are you looking forward to your trip to the cannon factory? <laughs> but... But it could just be a coincidence. If it is, it's one so big, it's a coincidorous rex. <laughs> the thing is, I turn 18 in two months, and I don't want to die. So I'm going to need your help to escape, Pipbin. Why me? Look at the others, all too weak and feeble to do anything. You're still strong. This place hasn't got to you yet. And how come you're still strong? Because when I arrived, I weighed 478 pounds. <laughs> That's... Quite a lot. You're the son of a big biscuit magnate. There's a lot of biscuits floating around. <laughs> it, it happens. But three years of this place, and I finally slimmed down to the perfect size for my age. Will you help me? But of course. I shall do everything in my power to help you escape. Good man. Start planning, Pip Bin. I shall, Harry Biscuit. <laughs> I sensed at once that I'd made a lifelong friend. The only question was, how long would that life be? <laughs> we had to escape. And the very next day, it became even more imperative. 
It was a Wednesday afternoon and time for staff artillery practice where they used the boys as ammunition for the school howitzer. <laughs> Dazed, I picked myself up and noticed that my impact had created a small crack in the wall. Then, through that crack, came a familiar sound. But it cannot be. Pippa? Pippa, is that you? Pip? Is that you? My brother, Pip? It is. I recognise the sounds of your anvil. The only reminder I have of our dear papa. Indeed. But what are you doing here, my Pippa? I am trapped in this nunnery, St. Bitches. <laughs> there is a nunnery next to our school. There is a school next to our nunnery? Yes, the one Mr. Benevolent sent me to. But why are you in a nunnery? No sooner had Mr. Benevolent taken me into his home than he accused me of trying to seduce him. He called me a whore, a Jezebel, and a meretricious harlot, then sent me to live here until I am 18, at which point he will marry me. I will never let that happen. If it is any consolation, I think it is most unlikely to occur. What do you mean? Tomorrow is Joan of Arc Day in our nunnery. So? So? I am to be Joan of Arc. Quite an honour. If you like being tied to a stake and burnt to a crisp. No, I cannot find you again and then lose you so soon. I fear you might. No, it will not be. I have a friend here and we are planning an escape. You will come with us. How? I don't know, but I will rescue you. I must go. It is time for 4.43 prayers. But before I do, take this, brother. What is it? It is a lucky pigeon shoe. <laughs> You are so kind to the animals, and their feet. <laughs> Do not worry, beloved sister, I shall rescue you. Luckily, by the time I entered the school, it was 4.49, so no one cared as I ran through the corridors. Harry, I have news. Me too. My sister is in a nunnery next to the school, but tomorrow they're going to burn her at the stake. We have to rescue her. What's your news? The headmaster's moved my birthday forward by two months. <laughs> I'm 18 tomorrow, and that means I'm going to die. No! I have already lost my mother and father. I will not now lose my sister and my best friend. Tonight, we escape or die in the attempt. What happened? We died in the attempt. Oh, how awful. <laughs> of course not, you dumbbag. <laughs> how would I be here if I were dead? So, sorry, your sirship. I, I pray you, do go on. Not now. If you return at exactly the same time next week, I shall tell you more. Of course. <laughs> it would be an honour. So, Father, how was it? Like a treacle enema. <laughs> Messy, unpleasant, and with not a few sticky patches. <laughs> but overall, a surprising relief. Will you unburden yourself to him again? Indeed. And when he returns, he shall hear of our escape and how I discovered that not everyone was as dead as I had been told. Bleak Expectations was written by Mark Evans and starred Richard Johnson as Philip Bin, Tom Allen as Young Pip, Anthony Head as Mr. Benevolent, Celia Imry as Agnes Bin, Lawrence Howarth as Mr. Parsimonious, Geoffrey Whitehead as Mr. Hardflasher, Susie Kane as Pippa, Perdita Weeks as Poppy, Mark Perry as Thomas Bin, Sarah Hadland as Lily, James Barkman as Harry Biscuit, and Mark Evans as Mr. Wickham Post Forbidden, Fenugreek Chas uh, you know, the lawyer. It was produced by Gareth Edwards. Yeah.